Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra, ready to recap a whole bunch of soccer stuff happening right now. We have to recap Chicago Red Stars loss, and we got to talk a bit about the World Cup victory that happened. A whole lot of stuff to unpack. No one can ever do anything alone. I know I can't do anything alone, so I'm here tonight with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins. Claire Watkins, how you doing tonight? Scan originator. Yeah, I'm all right. It's gotten much cooler in Chicago, and yet I still feel so sweaty. <laughs> and I wonder if it's not because I'm totally crashing from a post-World Cup. <laughs> so much soccer. It's been keeping us busy, and we are not even in France. Uh, we aren't even in France. Oh, man. Uh, if we had been in France, we wouldn't have gone to that Sky Blue game. So, you know. Want, want, true that. Uh, man, yeah, a lot of energy that I just used for the intro, like I mentioned to Claire already <laughs> once before. So apologies if I'm coming down, way down throughout this episode. But we're going to do our best to be here for you guys to get you through the Buenas y Las Malas, the good and the bad, because uh, got to got to take the good with the bad, right? So what we're going to do, what we've outlined for you all here today is we're going to basically rip that Band-Aid off and talk about the Red Stars' most recent woe, a loss to Sky Blue FC. And then we're going to get into some fun World Cup uh, victory type stuff, okay? Uh, so for the Red Stars, uh, they had their most recent match against Sky Blue FC. It took place on Saturday. And Chicago Red Stars uh, got themselves a 1-2 uh, two loss against Sky Blue FC. And just to recap really quickly on our preview, uh, we previewed this game incredibly short last week because we both, Claire and I both just said, you know what you need to do? Just beat this team. And you know what happened? They lost. So I guess we got to unpack that just a little bit. Uh, the This game in particular, I think when we were from the outside looking in, uh, sort of the narrative that's been built around Sky Blue, not just this season, but sort of an extension of uh, prior season. Coming into this week, they had just recently uh, let go and mutually, I guess, parted ways with their former head coach, Denise Reddy. This team had gone through an incredibly difficult stretch of games. I believe it was 30-something games and one win and maybe a few, a handful of draws and a multitude of losses, right, on top of uh, just all of the stuff that's been reported about around this team and their conditions and the sort of uh, poor uh, poor leadership from the front office and, and ownership and stuff like that. So having all this stuff, right, surrounding Sky Blue, uh, having them sit at the bottom of the table, having them come into Toyota Park, uh, or excuse me, SeatGeek Stadium and Bridgeview, uh, and having never, ever won a game in the seven-season existence of NWSL against Chicago Red Stars, I mean, we felt pretty good about the odds here. And turns out that favorite saying that everybody likes to say about the NWSL, that it's the most competitive league in the world, that there are no easy points, apparently came true. And the Red Stars struggled a bit and ended up losing this game uh, 2-1. As far as the starting lineup for this match... Uh, the Red Stars rolled out as followed. They had Emily Boyd in net, Aaron Wright, Sarah Gordon, Katie Naughton, Casey Short riding out the back line. And Nikki Stanton, Danny Colaprigo, Vanessa DiBernardo, Savannah McCaskill, Yuki Nagasato, and Sam Kerr for the starting 11. 
looked like an excellent starting 11. Claire, what were some of your impressions of this lineup when you saw it? Uh, I was happy to see that Katie Naughton started again. Um, you know, that means that she's moving in the right direction with that, that hip issue she's been dealing with. Um, and she went the full 90. Great to see that. I think she really gutted it out for the team. And, you know, that's, you know, awesome. Um, we originally thought this meant a four four two. We originally thought this meant a two front with Kerr and McCaskill um, instead of the four three three that we actually saw, uh, which you know I think we felt like fine about. I think um, I might have said I think I just said like whatever works, um, and I mean yeah that was basically it. Di Bernardo was on the. Injury report is questionable. She played the whole game. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe, like, it was good to see. It's still – this is still a team that has very good people on the bench uh, without ever feeling like they're starting the wrong people, uh, which on paper seems like it's a good problem to have. Uh, the way it plays out, maybe it's not such a good problem to have um, in that – I wonder if maybe the coaching staff has more opportunity to get things wrong than kind of that coverage of not getting it wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think seeing this, this starting 11, you know, at first glance, it's, uh, it was almost a little unsurprising. I think, um, speaking a bit about the red stars between you and I off mic or in the press box and sort of taking a look at their June, right. And how their June went and how this team was sort of uh, constructed to compete during the world cup portion of their schedule um, was one that was sort of praised and people were sort of anticipating, right. A, a bit of a run from them. And ultimately, things didn't play out that way. Uh, the Red Stars got themselves, uh, what, four losses now and, and a win. And one of those was thanks to Sam Kerr just uh, refusing right. to lose in Orlando. Right. And uh, sort of seeing this this game and seeing this lineup and us, again, just sort of assuming that it was going to be that 4-4-2, but they ended up reverting back to that 4-3-3, which I think that was something that we also agreed on. Uh, when we were previewing this match that we would have liked to see them return to against a team like Sky Blue. And they did for for a bit. And that's another thing that we also saw during this uh, stretch of, of, of the World Cup uh, games here for the Red Stars, where, uh, you know, so we basically saw the, the switch in formations, right? We saw, you know, maybe a, even a bit of player rotations. I mean, we saw a trade for Savannah McCaskill. We saw a, a number of things right, from this uh, Red Stars uh, group. And uh, this game it sort of appeared, you know, that maybe they're still sort of trying to wade through this slump, right, this bad period of time, um, and try to figure things out. I mean, looking at the stats on this match, there were a number of areas in which, you know, the Red Stars held the advantage. Uh, but credit to Sky Blue, who has just been searching for that win and working very hard to get it, um, ended up coming in with a very good game plan. Um, they, I thought their positioning on the pitch was very impressive. Um, 
their defensive positioning when it came to Sam Kerr, I thought was very well executed. And Rocky Rodriguez had probably one of the best performances in her career that I think I've seen to date. And she's a player that I sort of have been trying to follow since she uh, was drafted um, back in 2016, I believe. So she actually, Rocky Rodriguez actually opened up the scoring in this, uh, in this match with an assist by Paige Monahan, who I think you and I kind of had a bit of a chuckle in the press box because there was a huge Paige Monahan <laughs> fan group <laughs> within this, in the stand. So that was, that was kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, that first goal came in about the, the 20, 22nd minute of the match. And this was after sort of, it looked as if the Red Sox were still trying to sort of build up their play and establish who they were going to be in this game. And then for Sky Blue to just go ahead and get that opening goal, it just kind of had this vibe of like, well, here, here we go again. What did you think sort of going into the half? Yeah, I mean, I think so... It's the same, it's just the same thing. It's the same thing over and over again. Um, they, I wouldn't say that they were outplayed, you know. Um, I thought Sky Blue's defensive shape was really good and held very strong for um, for much of the match. Um, I think that their touches were off and have been off. Um, just giving away the ball too easy. Uh, and it was only because sky blue really isn't that talented that, um, they weren't burnt by that more. I mean, yeah, sky blue got the goal, but they had opportunities given to them by the midfield, you know, maybe four or five times what they were actually able to execute on. Um, uh, is this, you know, we were having this conversation at halftime where I don't think the ref was super kind to the Red Stars um, in, a, in a variety of weird ways. There was, like, randomly a ball that was clearly out, should have been out for a corner kick that the ref ignored. Um, there were a couple of handballs um, that, you know, would have, that we, that seemed pretty clear to us. Uh, but even when we were having that conversation, you know, we were all acknowledging that that is not what it should take to get a result against sky blue. Um, if you're complaining yeah. about that stuff, something else is going very wrong. And, sure. uh, it just seemed, uh, the, you know, Chicago's defensive shape. I, I talked about this a little bit. I'm not sure why this is happening. They're even compared to Sky Blues. It became clear to me watching Sky Blue play just how out of shape Chicago's defense is. The outside backs push up like crazy. Aaron Wright is given a lot of freedom um, to cover a lot of ground, and that means that she's making recovery runs from God knows where a lot of the time. And they're probably doing that because they're not generating offense on their own. And but that is that's how that first goal happened. Everyone pushed up, and they pushed to the side. Chicago didn't possess well, and then they were on this break. Rodriguez was wide open. Um, and, yeah, that was really Sky, one of Sky Blue's only chances of the game, but it was a telegraphed goal for 
what, at least eight, nine seconds of that play. You knew exactly what was going to happen as it was happening. And um, McCaskill was working very hard, but a lot of her movement was either leaving Kerr isolated or making overlapping runs where they actually got in each other's way. Uh, And Nikki Stanton and Danny Colaprico were both sitting in that six, and you had Vanessa DiBernardo in that 10, and this is a 4-3-3. Yuki Nagasato was not involved in this midfield. Who's the eight? (laughs) Who's the eight? There was a gap there. (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah, all of those things. And also, and just wasteful in possession passes that were going to nobody or passes that were going to somebody and the person that they were going to did not step up to get them. And um, that was because there was just this space in the middle of the field that was wide open for the red stars and um, sky blue played very well, but they played, they got the, they played well, but they got the goals because of what Chicago gave them. Um, and that is troubling. Yeah, I think in that in that first half, it just uh, it it just looked sort of uh, repetitive of some of the uh, some of the play that we've been seeing out of the Red Stars, specifically within a lot of their first halves over this you know this course of the you know, June now July, um, just sort of not um, I believe the terminology that Rory Dame used in the post game was you know matching the opponent's energy right, right? or it's- just that they weren't thinking. You know, it was yeah. a level of focus. I'm not so yeah. much it's effort. It's just focus on the field. Yeah. So I think for, for halftime, the uh, perception that was given was that the Red Stars had another 45 minutes to do something right. about it, Right. So for halftime, there were two immediate substitutions, which I think was maybe the one thing that we haven't seen from the coaching staff uh, during this sort of, uh, you know, stretch of, of games where they've had their losses. Uh, you know, we've seen the, like I said, we've seen the change of formations. So we've seen the small rotation of players. Uh, saw Travers of Adam McCaskill. Haven't really seen, like, the immediate halftime sub. And we saw two of them in this match. And uh, Dames brought on Katie Johnson for Savannah McCaskill and Michelle Vasconcelos for Nikki Stanton. And in the beginning, probably the first 15 uh, you know, minutes or so of that, of that second half, you saw uh, an immediate shift in energy and momentum for the Red Stars. Uh, it looked like they woke up, and it was just another one of those unfortunate things where it's like, why did the second half need to happen? Right. Why did the first half have to be so kind of poor? for this second half, this for 15 minutes of the second half to happen. Um, so there was uh, just an immediate uh, impact uh, within within the subs there. And unfortunately, um, the Red Stars in getting and building the, their play and establishing more connecting play and getting more shots on a goal, right? Um, at one point, Sam Kerr headed in a goal, but was ruled offside, right? So... Building up all this offense and attacking, um, unfortunately, came to a screeching halt. Right, I think this uh, killed the game. I think this, this is, absolutely yeah, killed the game. I think it killed it. Probably within the sixty seventh, eighth, nine. I could, I couldn't remember which time, but yeah, um, uh, we had a an, a tragic view of it from the press box because it happened along the sideline of where yeah. the press box was. Right, right in front of us. And Michelle Vasconcelos, unfortunately, was uh, 
about to make a play on the ball, but all, there was some off the ball non-contact, and she immediately uh, went down, sort of, uh, you know, clutching on either, and uh, completely just sucked out any type of energy that had been built up to that point within the game, within the crowd. Uh, I'll even go on record and say within the press box, it was not a good moment. Um, as of the recording of this podcast, there is no update on yeah. Ms. Esconcelos. We were told in post game, uh, uh, this was on Saturday that she would be getting an MRI. It is, we are now recording this on Monday. So we have not, uh, right. heard or I seen mean, or given an update from the club, Yeah, uh, but all, it did not look great. Right. All we can say is that she went down non-contact, um, after planting her foot. I don't know if that's better or worse. Um, the trainer, uh, was working on her left knee. Um, they carried her off the field. She walked of her own volition with help into the locker room, but that doesn't mean anything. Um, and she left the stadium with, I think you saw her on crutches with a small knee brace and that's all we know. Yeah. And that's, and that's all she wrote. So uh, hoping for the best, uh, we'll just take this, this time to say that we're hoping for the best yeah. for Michelle Vasconcelos, uh, Claire, myself and I both Southside Trail podcast, uh, huge, uh, huge fans of what we've been seeing out of, out of her play this year. Michelle Vasconcelos uh, to date has had one of the best, I think, comeback stories of the NWSL season in 2019. Um, it's been amazing to see what she's been doing on the pitch for the Chicago Red Stars in both, you know, dual capacity of coming off the bench as a depth player, as a substitute, and, you know, being a starter for this team um, during these uh, the World Cup portion of, of the season. So it was uh, really, really unfortunate to, to see her exit the game as the Red Stars looked as if they were trying to pick things up. And the Red Stars had to go ahead and make their final sub and they brought on uh, Maria Sanchez uh, for her in the 72nd minute. And I still have to say the subs, credit to them. Um, they really tried to make some things happen there. Um, some of our post-game interactions took place with with Rory Dames. I, I spoke a little bit with with Rocky Rodriguez. Um, we had Danny Colaprico come through in the mix zone as well. She was probably the player with the shortest time spent in the mix zone, but probably the most uh, impactful. Um, she basically said that, you know, the Red Stars, you know, they played poorly and that they didn't come out and sort of match that energy, that they had to come out and pick it up in halftime. Um, and they could have gotten an equalizer. They could have gotten an equalizer, and she absolutely – Prigo absolutely credited uh, the substitutions that were made within the match. She felt that – these players came off of the bench and immediately impacted the team and the play on the pitch. And I think that they did. They were searching for that equalizer at the time. It, the Sky Blue had only had a goal. And that second goal for them did not come until the 81st minute. They had made a sub uh, in the 56th minute for Jen Hoy. And Jen Hoy, the former longtime Red Star, uh, came in <laughs> darting down the again. Queen, the queen of banana bread herself. Yeah. She just she just went and put and put the back line on some banana peels. Yep. <laughs> and she just found herself in this box and again, God bless Emily Boyd. She made an initial save. Mm -hmm. She did her job. Yep. Uh, but unfortunately Ball trickled out, and Jen Hoy was still had the presence of mind in the box to get back on that rebound. Yeah, can we can, can we talk about that goal for a second? Um, yeah, let's talk about it for a minute. Let's okay, go. <laughs> so 
Rory Dames said after the game, Rory, <laughs> Rory does this thing where he tells you why the goals that happened happened. <laughs> and, <laughs> and in him, and when he did that, when he did that uh, this week, he said that second goal was off of a goal kick. And he said, that's actually something that we've practiced. Now, to my ears, if you're <laughs> giving up too many goals off of goal kicks, you're not winning the ball in the midfield. <laughs> going on, guys. What's going on? That's the problem. Um, we should also say, in- indicative of that, Kaylin Sheridan had a great game. Um, yeah, she did. She was she was very Huge she was, saves. Yeah, she was smothering. She was commanding. She was good in the air. She has a very good kick. The difference between her and Haley Kottmeyer is that she can hoof that dang ball over that halfway line. Uh huh. <laughs> um, and but that's what it comes down to, right? Is you can't you have to refuse to let yourself get beat by get beat like that and um i know that's reductive but it's worked for the red stars for a long time um and that's the part that's gone away uh do i did i want them to shit house their way to a draw not really um if you're gonna put in a losing effort you should probably lose uh and I do. Th- I was honestly really happy for Sky Blue. Um, yeah, <laughs> you it know? was hard to not feel happy for this team. Right. Um, but also, it's some scary stuff right now. Rory said that they are, um, you know, they're not in danger of anything, which is true, super true, like points wise. Um, we've already gotten some news that they're probably not going to have the U.S. players um, as much as they would like before the end of the season. It's troubling. It's troubling to me. I don't know. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, getting Sky Blue getting that second goal and having it be genuine. It was an 81st minute, right? In the 81st minute of this match, so that makes it 2-0 at that point. And just based on the level of play that we were sort of taking in at that moment, uh, it definitely just felt different from maybe, oh, I don't know, that second week 4-4 draw against Portland Thorns where – Way back in week two, there was still that sort of refusal to lose. Right. And they ended up scraping together this draw. Whereas now, you go down two goals in the 81st minute, and you're at, like, it just looked like this, you know, the vibe was that they weren't going to win this game, that they weren't even going to get a result. Um Danny Colafrico quickly checked everybody. Yeah, for sure. Getting a goal. That <laughs> final that final flurry was dope. It was great. Yeah. I was just like, credit- where was this for the first eighty minutes of this game? Yeah, credit to them. Yeah, uh, they definitely were like, "Fuck this!" Mm-hmm. And Danny Colafrico came back and got yeah, a goal for sure. First goal of the season. Yeah. So congrats to her. It was a beauty. It was a good goal. Uh, she she just you know straight up shot that sucker into the net, and it ended up being. Uh, 2-1, and all of a sudden, from the 83rd minute on, you just saw a bit of chaos. And yep. it looked like the Red Stars were at the very least, you know, knocking and pushing for an equalizer for a result. Yeah. But unfortunately, that didn't come. And I think that's the biggest positive that we could take away from this match, that um, the team didn't look like they wanted to leave with a loss. And um, hopefully, that's just what they carry with them as they head on into to Houston uh before we preview Houston is there anything else about this game that you want to chat about uh the only thing the only thing other thing I would say is um it weirdly that game weirdly looked to me like some of the stuff that we saw in early 2018 
when a bunch of people were hurt and it looked like Kerr was was isolated and, and frustrated and they were having trouble clicking and connecting and that was when everyone was like, well, what's going to happen with Sam Kerr in Chicago? And then they figured it out. Um, I was more hopeful that there would be an institutionalized memory of working through that to give them a leg up this year. That hasn't yeah. happened. I don't know if it's the roster turnover or what exactly, um, but I still think that they can figure it out. Um, I'm a little bit worried that they're just going to wait for the U.S. players to come back. Yeah, I mean, I hope not because I think I think having a player like Sam Kerr return, I think people thought was going to turn on an immediate switch. Right. And I think one of the, the the problems that we saw coming out of that win against Orlando, which everyone was really excited about, and they should have been because hello Sam Kerr came back and scored a freaking hat trick, right. right? So that should that should hype you up and sort of re-energize you. Uh, but you and I sort of felt like it was almost a bit of a band aid, right. you know, that was placed uh, placed upon uh, some more glaring issues that have been taking place for this team over the course of the last few weeks. So that came to head again within this match. Like it was the bandit came off and it was like, oops, you know, it's like, what do we do? Right. Um, so it's nice to know that, yeah, the best striker in the world is on your team. <laughs> and that brings a sense of uh, renewed energy and excitement that maybe you weren't having after you lost three in a row. Right. Uh, but when you lose a game like this, it also like brings up those questions once again right. right and i my hope is that there's you shouldn't have to be banking on these superstars that are coming back from france right to sort of re-energize you right, i think part, i think part of the excitement around this red stars team heading into 2019 again yeah was because many people saw on paper that there was a roster built to dominate during this time and they didn't you know so now right. we're just kind of like where is that going to come from? Right. Maybe you can't really rely on that. It has to come from within. You know, you know, that actually, this is really the last thing I'll say about it um, is I kind of I want to be clear about this. My concern about the Red Stars and this backs up everything that you just said. I'm afraid that they're tired. Um, I'm afraid that their World Cup players are going to be tired. I'm afraid that the club players are tired. Um that team emotionally has gone through a lot this year after emotionally going through a lot last year. Uh, they've physically gone through a lot. We still have a lot of players who are not at 100% um, and probably won't be until the season's over or maybe never. Um, and I'm worried that that is creeping in to the way the players feel and the way they think. And it's, I never, I, you know, and, and, that that is what I'm worried about. I don't think that this club has lost its its character or whatever. I just think that they might be burnt out, and I don't know how you fix that. Yeah, I think it's a uh, it's a new it's a new problem right. to have, right? And I think everybody's sort of trying to maybe net like I think everybody's sort of trying to navigate that together as best they can. Right. Uh, I think just looking back a couple of weeks ago, I think maybe making a trade for Savannah McCaskill was. Um, probably better than people think. Right. Uh, sort of having that new energy does things for people. I think during this match, at one point in our coverage of it, I think I tweeted out, just who cares? Just put in all your rookies right now. Just put them all in. See what happens. Um, because I don't know, I was like, I don't know really what's left 
right? Right. To sort of do within this specific window of time in the season. What's left to do that, that you haven't done already for this team to get a different look and not to bring in other sports, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, in hockey, sometimes to, to do a very dramatic jarring to a team like, you know, a head coach might pull your starting goalkeeper right. or goaltender, you know, I don't know. Throw in the rookies and see what happens. Right. I don't know. Uh, maybe there's going to be some uh, different type of motivation um, for other players within there. Uh, I, I also but... want to say that, and and I know you feel this way as well. I thought what Maria Sanchez did in this game was like cool. Um, yeah. And I, I know that you're disappointed in her playing time during this break. I'm also disappointed in that. And now she's with Mexico for the Pan American games, which is awesome. That's very good. Yeah. But um, guess who's also disappointed in that? Rory Dames. Right. Exactly. Because so if, in the mix zone. <laughs> if Vasconcelos is out, he said that's gonna hurt us. That's that's hard. Yeah, that's a that's an added issue. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a thing for them. So uh, I hope she tears it up in the Pan American game. Yeah. Um, I think she will. I spoke with her a little bit in the mix zone. Um, she's very excited about them. Um, she is specifically very excited to. What did she? I'm trying to. I'm, I'm paraphrasing her, but she she told me that she's very specifically excited to um, put to use what she's learned here with the Red Stars in national team camps with Mexico. Um, so that's going to be exciting to see what she does there. And yeah, again, I I'm hoping for the best for, for Michelle Vasconcelos. I hope uh, it's nothing too, too serious and something that will be um, a short recovery time. Um, but for the rest hours going into this week, um, you know, who's also tired, the Houston dash. <laughs> they're also, they're also very, very tired. And ask Danny Colaprico, uh, what she wanted to take out of a loss like this heading into Houston. And uh, she definitely just said that there needs to be a better 90-minute performance uh, from the team. And she thinks that there's a lot of things that they could take out of that loss and put to use towards this match coming up. And, yeah, Houston Dash also very, very tired. Uh, Houston Dash, I think, have um, – for me, the Houston Dash are this sort of team. Um, they've been in existence with an NWSL since 2015, and they have sort of always had a bit of the same narrative around them. For me, they're this team who sort of find themselves part of the conversation within the first four weeks of the season, and then they just take this very weird uh, tail dive <laughs> into the season, and then maybe they they start to make things interesting again, and then they eventually burn out, right? It's it's weird. It's like this weird trending thing that happens with Houston Dash. Right. And again, there were a lot of people out there this season uh, looking at the Dash in 2019 who thought that that was going to change, and it looks like uh, it it's not. It looks like they're sort of uh, going through the motions of prior seasons. Yeah. Uh, the Dash are interesting. Uh this again is kind of like I said last week. Schedule wise, Chicago has a lot fewer like really scary teams in front of them than teams that they should be able to beat. Um, that being said, I have no reason to think that Houston can't get a result um, in this game, based off of the way we've seen Chicago play over the last month. Um, right, Houston. You know the the thing is 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 Houston. They have this reputation of being underachievers. Um, which is a little bit how you would characterize Chicago right now. So I don't really know what ends up happening. 
in this game? Uh, I think both of these teams are going to get a draw, and yeah, probably feel and they're going to feel real high on themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and other people are going to feel real high on them too. Yeah, it's just going to be the official kickoff to the second half of the season. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's when the real work happens for the Red Sox because everybody knows. If you're only going to play one half of a season, better play that second it's half. It's got to be that second half. <laughs> the Red Stars are very, very, very good at that. Yeah. So this will mark that uh, sort of halfway point uh, for the Red Stars, and we'll see how they do. I think uh, for players that I want to have uh, an impact, again, uh, we'll see what the injury report looks like uh, going into this match that, that might impact what you and I might see in this portion of the podcast. Uh, but if it ends up being that maybe they are without Michelle Vasconcelos for an extended period of time, um, and obviously without Maria Sanchez, because she'll be gone, I believe, um, sometime this week to meet with Mexican women's national team for camps, uh, I think your main options there are Katie Johnson yeah. and Savannah McCaskill. Yeah. So I think those are going to be two players that we're going to have to look at, and hopefully they'll have an impact on this type of match, whether it's as a starter or as a sub. I think who, they, are, yeah. who do you want to see? I will say, yeah, I, I definitely would say um, McCaskill, this makes sense. She just got out of Sky Blue. She's just, she's inconsistent right now. Um, that will improve. I truly believe that the longer she spends with Chicago, that's going to get better. Um, she's just a little bit of a raw product right now. Uh, Katie Johnson... <laughs> is so much better with Sam Kerr on the field. Um, Crazy good. <laughs> it's so good. It's incredible to me so how good. good she is when Kerr is there versus how lost she looked when she was gone. And playing wide. Right. Love playing yeah. wide. Yeah. Was, wow. Thriving. She was so good. I mean, she had a couple She had a couple passes that she didn't receive super well. But, like, other than that, um, really, oh, really good stuff. <laughs> and And yeah. so I think... I do think that if I think Kajo and Sam up top against that Houston dash defense, that is something I would give 90 minutes. Yeah. Let's take a look at it. I think uh, we got to throw it back to those first four to five weeks of the season, right? Where we saw these glimpses of a top line with Nagasato, Kerr and Johnson, and they were doing some pretty cool stuff. And maybe now's the time where they could sort of, um, you know, maybe dip back into that and get themselves into some familiar waters and build that chemistry back up again um, for this team. So I'm hoping I'm hoping that it's a win. At this point, I'll be happy if it's a draw. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But moving forward for the Red Stars, um, hopefully a lot a lot more better things coming as we're talking about heading into this second half because so many players are returning back to the NWSL and for the Chicago Red Stars that includes four World Cup champion players and a listener julie Ertz, morgan bryant and tierna davidson we gotta give these players some love they had a tremendous world cup claire and i are exhausted from having to cover this world cup even remotely here in chicago uh, i can only imagine how those players uh, feel themselves but i imagine they feel a little bit better uh, celebrating the spoils of victory, and uh, we're gonna give. I want to give some love specifically to Alyssa Nair, um, who really had to face a lot of uh, like much louder criticisms right during this World Cup. I think Alyssa Nair has gone through a number of 
analysis and pundits and you know critics on her game or whatever like they're of <laughs> yeah. sort of since like you know 2016 more yeah. or less you know i was and thinking it just it, got louder in this world cup but i, I thought it did amazing. yeah i was thinking about that today and maybe i'll write something about this and maybe i won't but just like uh, for a listener I think actually they're based off of some of the celebrations. I think it's possible that Alyssa Nair didn't have her phone on for this entire tournament because they landed in the U.S. and Emily Sonnet immediately screamed, Alyssa turned her phone on. So yeah. I'm not worried about her seeing the noise. Um, but this is a Chicago Red Stars podcast. And I just want to say that the Portland fans. On this Yo, one. come at me. I'm just saying. I I'm know saying, AD Franch um, is a really good goalkeeper, but y'all were out of line and you were wrong. So, whatever. Banter. You know who else knows that shit? AD Franch. Exactly. <laughs> AD Franch knows that shit. <laughs> she was trying to hype up Alyssa Nair so right. hard after that England semifinal. She was like, all that, all, all of that her. AD would have saved it bullshit. Throw it out the window. Throw it it's right out be. the window. And I know Hot y'all don't care because you wanted them to win too. But, man, I'm so happy for Alyssa Nair. Not, yeah, I cannot. It's just so, man, Chicago over everything, baby. That's all I got to say about right. that. Uh, it was great to see. Um, Alyssa Nair is uh, someone who has, <laughs> someone who has like, gone on record and saying that she's like incredibly introverted. And uh, it's so it's so funny to just sort of watch her yeah. receive all these uh, accolades and this love and stuff like that. But yeah. she's had she had a lot of great saves during this tournament. Uh, one epic one in the penalty kick, and uh, she really deserves uh, all the praise she's been getting. Uh, Julie Ertz had a hell of a tournament as well. Um, she did I think what everybody th- thought she would do. Uh, she was who we thought she was, and. Uh, Julie Ertz is my MVP for post World Cup celebrations. She is getting it in right now. Uh, shout out to social media. Yeah, there's because- just that. There's that one. There was one shot. I think it was maybe Morgan Bryan's Instagram of Julie Ertz. This is after all the champagne and stuff. This is after the dabbing, where she's just like <laughs> she's like clutching a giant Tupperware of what appears to be fruit. And just like walking yeah. back and forth, just really going in on a Tupperware of like watermelon or something. Yeah, honestly. And I was just like, this is such That's a life. vibe. <laughs> a life. Everybody would just love to be sipping champagne and chomping on fruit. Yep. It's a good, good vibe. And a uh, shout out to Tina Davidson and Morgan Bryan, who are also coming home yeah. as World Cup champions. They got themselves a game in the group stage against Chile, and they did. Uh, very very well uh, kept that undefeated streak going for the yeah. Red Stars and, yeah, and I- I'm really excited for them to come on back and contribute to this team right I was gonna say honestly it's 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 you know we can discuss you know playing time or whatever and and you know all of that stuff it's good news for Chicago that Morgan Bryan and Tierna Davidson didn't play that much that means they're gonna be ready to go when you know they what come I'm saying home. That's important Julie Ertz yeah. is not a listener will probably be fine Julie Ertz is gonna need more time um really excited to have a center back and yeah. a midfielder coming back right. yeah exactly. oh I, I, we've also we also heard on background that tierna davidson is very excited to come home to her dog so there's a little tidbit for you guys too from the mix zone they're all good dogs guys yeah. all good dogs 
Um, so yeah, it's gonna, it's going to be good stuff. Uh, I think that this second half of the season is going to be um, one that could possibly still be really, really special uh, for people who haven't seen it. There's been a lot of media stuff and a lot of media attention coming up around these players, but there was some quick sort of post-reaction uh, comments from Alyssa Nair who said that she couldn't wait to get back to the NWSL because she hasn't won an NWSL championship yet, Yo. and that's something that she would like to do. Yep. And uh, it's great to hear that coming out of your starting goalkeeper for the Chicago Red Stars, you know what I'm saying? So good vibes all around. Um, second half of the season is going to be something special, hopefully. And uh, we'll be here to help recap it for you guys and keep you posted and up to date on everything. Um, Claire, did you have any um, World Cup moments that were very, very special to you? Um, or that stood out before we sort of exit this out? Yeah, um, let me think. God, uh, I, th- I think, I, I honestly think my favorite game was Argentina versus Japan. Oh, God, I loved that game. Um, it was so good. I loved it. That w- It was moving to me, that game, more than, more than anything else, more than the winning. Um, yeah. Is, yeah. I think it it brought the early feelings. Of yeah, the World Cup, for sure. I think it. I think it cemented that for a lot of people. It was like, right. wow, this this is the World Cup. Like we're watching the World Cup right now. Um, I would also say, I mean, this has been well worn. I think you know what Megan Rapino has done in the last four weeks is incredibly special. Um, favorite World Cup moments. There was that one moment when Kelly O'Hara just like bulldozed Marjorie. Ah, oh, so good. <laughs> And then went to the ref and went, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. I liked that one. <laughs> that was yeah, very good. Yeah, that was really, really good. Um, yeah, no, so many good moments. Yeah, I, it's something that will just, you know, I think we're all a little bit, you know, shell-shocked at the moment. But we'll we'll, we'll look back on it. Um, I, as usual, I just think I enjoyed the group game, the group stage games, probably more than the knockouts. Uh, yeah. It, I... It's it was great. It was good. Uh, how about you? You have a fave? Uh, yeah. Ar- Argent watching. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna stay on brand here and yeah. say that watching um every single Latin American team in Dude, this World Cup Chile was, too was, was incredibly wonderful. was incredibly special yeah. for me on a personal level. Um, I have been very <laughs> I've been very vocal in the past. Uh, on my affinity for the Mexican women's national team and sort of the the heartbreak that came with their failure to qualify. And uh, that sucked, and it's probably will still suck until uh, they make their triumphant return, which I do believe will eventually happen. Um, but watching this World Cup, I was 100% on board uh, with all other Latin American teams, uh, hopefully having a successful one, but Argentina, Chile, Brazil, uh, they were doing some incredibly yeah. amazing things. Uh, it was great to see um, Christiane Andler had the performances yeah, that she was having. Right. All those saves against um, the United States during their uh, group match. Yeah. Uh, Argentina getting that draw, like you said. Watching this amazing player in Stefania Banini just being yep. this force within this World Cup. Yep. And so many of us who live within this very, very small bubble, just knowing what she was capable of and seeing, being, you know, privileged to have seen even just a little bit of that within the NWSL when yeah. she was 
spirit and watching that come to fruition um, on this big global stage. And of course, Brazil, you know, watching them do what they always do, um, having to sort of fight through this adversity, like with injuries and having this mix of older players and very, very young players. And that probably really is my favorite World Cup moment. It was Marta's epic speech as she bowed out of this World Cup. Um, I mean, cry in the beginning so you can smile at the end is so indicative of what it means to be involved within sport. And uh, as someone who covers it as media, um, I was 100% inspired by it. Uh, I've been inspired by Marta, God, probably since I've been paying attention uh, to this sport. And, you know, that's why we sort of do what we do. So much of what we do is fueled by these very inspirational moments and it's fueled by passion and, and, and love for the game, you know, and, uh, you know, I love this game. Um, I love this sport. I love this league. Um, I don't trust anyone who covers, <laughs> I don't trust anyone who covers this league and tells me that they don't, you tell me that you don't got love for it. Yeah. Yeah, can I add one more thing? Um, not to not to mention the gold cup on this podcast. But, hey. but I loved there were a bunch of red stars that went because it was at Soldier Field. Hey. I just it was so it's new. It's new and it's so cool that you had some straight up Mexico, USA, like friendly banter going on within the Red Stars going to watch that game um i love that that's yeah great. no it was good stuff and uh, i love that uh i love that mexico got the win for also, our yeah for the two mexican oh, players yeah for great. sure and like i just think chicago is not historically a super diverse team and the fact that they're really embracing that now um makes me like them even more i think that's awesome yeah same um it's been uh truly uh, an honor, a privilege, and it's been truly exhausting um, covering <laughs> this this World Cup. Uh, I'm so grateful to have done it with somebody like you, Claire. I'm so grateful to have um, had somebody to sort of be a soundboard. I'm including um, our other friend, homie, and colleague, John D. Halloran, who yeah. is on his way back from France, who's also done amazing work. Yeah, uh, the really Chicago outfit stuff. is yeah. someone who I will always ride or die for. Uh, we hope you. I, I hope everyone out there enjoyed all the content. Um, if you missed any of it, Claire, you should let people know where they could find it. Yeah, uh, you can find my stuff on the Equalizer. You can find my stuff on Hot Time in Old Town. Um, just SB Nation stuff. Just follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm hoping. I'm praying that I'll be tweeting less in the following weeks. But I don't know. Maybe it's a sickness that I can't you know get rid of but um that's scout ripley which is also the name of my music project support your chicago local band in scout ripley they are awesome um shout out to all four (laughs) eleven. they uh gave us a home to sort of uh, produce some chaos and produce some uh, very sleepy moments for us. Uh, it's been real. Yeah. Uh, for Claire sure. was holding it down with the live tweeting, yeah. uh, me having to do a post every single day. Uh, <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. Um, continue to follow them and their work. It's so important to build up uh, women's soccer verticals uh, throughout the digital media landscape. 
so please continue to follow them and all their good work. And you can also find me in similar platforms. Shout out to Equalizer. They allowed me to publish a piece yeah. uh, during this time. And hopefully they're going to let me do a few more. And so you could maybe find some stuff there. Second City Soccer has allowed me to, to do some cool stuff. And as always, Hot Time in Old Town is uh, always a nice little home for Red Stars content. But if any of you out there don't do anything else, if you don't follow Claire, if you don't follow me, if you don't like to retweet, you can definitely continue your support of the South Side Track Podcast. The podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. You can do that on all social media platforms, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at South Side Track Pod with one letter P. And you can go ahead and find us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, please find us, please like us, please give us a rate, please give us a review. That stuff helps us out tremendously in continuing to produce Chicago Red Stars content for you. And uh, we'll be here for you guys next week. Everyone have a good one.